Episode 101 is officially live. Today is NBA Draft Day. It starts at 8 o'clock Eastern Time. It says here ABC slash ESPN. And obviously the madness is officially here. Okay. Madness leads to the NBA Draft, right? Like just the, the following, the days that come before the draft. But the day is finally here. All the trade rumors, all the trade talk, the team drama, who's picking who, Do this? does this team trade up, does the team trade down, does the team stick with their picks, all that stuff is about to unfold tonight. I can't believe, actually it's funny because my fiance brought it up to me uh, this morning, she was telling me that she couldn't believe that my first ever episode was draft day and my 101st episode is draft day. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> I did not calculate that at all. Um, I can't believe it played out that way. That's very strange. Uh, that's pretty interesting. But anyways, what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be giving, I said it was going to be top 10, um, but I'm actually going to swing to the 14. So what I'm going to be doing this time around is I'm going to grab obviously the NBA draft board, but I'm going to be talking about the lottery picks. Okay. 14 picks. Right, A couple of these I'm going to zoom through because they are the obvious ones that are going to land where most people think they're going to land, which are obviously the, maybe the first two or three. And then from there, I'll basically give my own swing. I'm going to give what the consensus mock draft says on NBA.com, which is basically like they just get a, a whole just collection and they grab a consensus, right? Like just an average out of all the people that they've asked, all the experts, the quote unquote experts, and then they put it as the final pick for the team, uh, just depending on how many uh, people decided to to predict that that player is going to go to that team. So what I'll do is I'm going to give obviously the name that NBA.com has for consensus, and then I'll give my own swing on it if I agree or if I don't, and that's how I'll be moving on with it. Pick number one. I don't think this one is going to be a surprise. How crazy would it be, though, if the Spurs just randomly didn't pick uh, Wembenyama? Like how after all this drama, after all the celebrations about, you know, Victor and all this stuff, and then they don't pick him, right? That would be crazy. But no, I'm not going to spend any time on this one. Spurs, obviously, I don't think there's anything to think about. I think that... And it's not me thinking that Wemby should go first or, or whatever it is. That's just basically what's just been out there for a very long time. And I think San Antonio's not going to do anything crazy. I think they're just going to draft Victor Wembanyama. And the draft is officially going to start at pick number two. And I say it officially starts at pick number two because pretty much everyone and their mom thinks that Wembanyama is going to go first. So it's pretty much from that point on that we'll see the draft actually start. So pick number two, we have the Charlotte Hornets, right? They're in a pretty interesting situation, right? Because obviously they don't land the number one pick. So number two pick is a pretty great pick to have because you basically get to pick the next guy in line, obviously as simple as that sounds. But if you think about it, right? When you have that number one pick, you can choose anyone you want in the entire draft, right? Everyone that's eligible, you can just draft whoever you want. And that's a lot of pressure. You know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, they have the first pick. They're lucky. Yes, of course, you're, you know, it's it's amazing to have the number one pick. You, you do, you always want the number one pick. But there is something to be said 
about having the next picks in line. Because if you just don't select right and you had the ability to pick whoever you wanted before anyone else and you pick a bust or you pick someone that just doesn't work out, it looks really bad because you had the first choice. Now, on the other hand, when you're pick number two, you know, you're basically the first pick sets the tone, right? Like, okay, well, someone's off the board. If there were two consensus players in this draft, you now have kind of no choice between two consensus players and you just take the one that's available. And if that player doesn't end up panning out, you say, oh, well, you know, they took the one we wanted all along, right? Like that could always be the storyline. Uh, but anyways, you know, kind of went on a tangent. So Charlotte Hornets, right? Like I said, they're in a interesting little pickle, right? Because LaMelo Ball, they're... I guess their franchise guy for the moment, always hurt, right? Always ankle injuries, um, you know, kind of childish, right? Still needs to mature. Great talent, awesome playmaker, makes things happen, plays fast, makes the team fun, makes the team exciting. Um, but again, you know, always hurt. Just availability has been the biggest question with LaMelo Ball. The shooting, obviously, is one of those things that needs to get better. So people are saying, hey, man, you know, just take Brandon Miller, get the lanky guy. He's 6'9". He can shoot from anywhere, right? That's pretty much what he can do. He's a really good scorer. He's an elite scorer in college. And a lot of people think it's going to translate to the NBA. I think it's going to translate. I have questions about his dribbling ability, right? Just his ability to create space for himself, right? Similar to Jabari Smith Jr. Very similar player archetypes in the sense of, you know, Neither of those guys really gets a lot of separation, can't really create for themselves too well, um, like blowing by guys and kind of putting the ball on the ground, right? You just don't see that from Brandon Miller, right? Um, but, you know, I guess that's something that they'll have to think about, right? And they've had plenty of time to think about this. Um, a lot of people are going to say to take Brandon Miller. A lot of people like the fit pick. I talked about that on the on the last episode a little bit, right? Drafting for, for fit versus best player available. You know, my opinion is... If you think that Scoot Henderson is the better player and he's the next best available player in the draft, you just have to draft Scoot, okay? Lamelo Ball, like I said, always injured. You know, he is responsible for, you know, he has the ball handling responsibilities, balls in his hands all the time. And now you can kind of shift that over to Scoot Henderson. If he looks better than LaMelo Ball, you can move on from LaMelo. You have your next franchise, hopefully your next franchise guy in Scoot Henderson, this is a kid that obviously works extremely hard. We know he's worked out with Steph Curry. He's worked out with some other uh, NBA players as well, ex-NBA players as well. Um, just a guy, you know, G League Ignite, battle-tested against grown men. And, you know, we're just going to have to see how it translates to the league. The question is about his three-point shooting. I feel like I'm spending a lot of time on the second pick. For me, you know, the consensus pick on on this draft board for nba.com and this is over the course of a handful of people that all think the same brandon miller is who they have i disagree i think it should be scoot henderson i think that you just take the next best player with the best ceiling i think scoot henderson has the better ceiling i think the physical tools the nba ready body that's always something that's gonna give you quick translation to the nba right he's gonna immediately look pretty good for a rookie and he can build off that Right. So, you know, obviously, number three, Portland Trailblazers. This is an interesting team because we don't know what they're going to do with the third pick. Right. Especially if whoever it is they want gets selected before they can. Right. Like if they want Scoot and the Hornets take Scoot, do they decide to trade? Right. Like, what do they do? Do they actually take Brandon Miller? 
Obviously, Brandon Miller would be a good fit for that team. He's the next best available player, according to all the draft boards. And he's just going to add more scoring, right? Just a scoring punch to these uh, Portland Trailblazers. But they're kind of in no man's land in the sense of, are they going to trade Dame? Are they going to trade the pick? Are they going to obviously build around Dame? We don't know what's going to happen. And are we going to see it during that third pick? Are we going to see it prior to the draft starting time? Are we going to not see anything and maybe they just pick who they pick and then decide to trade Dame later? I don't know really what that's a very big question mark. It's an interesting one. And I'm so glad that we're seeing the Blazers at number three in the draft because that's going to put so much eyeballs and viewership on the early part of this draft because everyone's waiting to see what happens. You know, are we going to see a mega draft day trade? Right, where it includes Damian Lillard. We're gonna see like what what exactly we can kind of get some more hints as to the direction of the Trailblazers, depending on what happens right away at that number three pick, right? So obviously it's gonna be whoever's left between Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson. Every draft board pretty much has that. Um, so you know, my my obviously if if the Hornets take Brandon Miller, they should 100 percent take Scoot Henderson. I don't think they should trade the pick. I think you know where I stand. I think they just need to trade Dame, right? Get some more draft capital, get some draft compensation or young talent, whatever one of those two things is, but you got to move out from Dame, right? You got to move on. I think it's time, right? I think he's like 32, 33 years old. He's had some injury history. He's as valuable as he's ever going to be. I think at this point, his value is going to start declining because if he continues to get injured, those question marks are going to start getting up and the red flags are going to start piling up and he becomes harder to trade for like, you know, good value, right? I think he's extremely valuable right now. I think he came off of an awesome season statistically, right? I think it was his highest scoring season. So he's as valuable as he's ever going to be, in my opinion. And I think this is the hot time to strike. This is the right time to strike for the Portland Trailblazers. And I think it's time to trade Damian Lillard. So, you know, take Scoot, take Brandon Miller, either one of those two guys. I think you're set. You kind of just have to go with one of those. I don't think we're going to see a surprise uh, in that three, other than maybe the number two or number three swapping, right? Like orders between Miller and Henderson. So now this is where the draft gets interesting, right? Because yes, it was already interesting uh, for whoever the Hornets select, because then we kind of know who the third team is probably going to pick if they keep it. So here we go, right? Houston Rockets, a team that has a lot of guard play, no defense, no playmaking, no discipline. Ime Udoka obviously steps through the door. He's going to bring, you know, intensity, accountability. He's a no-nonsense coach. He's going to want to bring some culture into this uh, locker room, right? That's my guess for the Houston Rockets. If I'm the Houston Rockets, I need to grab someone that can really establish us defensively, right? Like, for the Rockets, obviously, there's the option of just taking the best player available, You always want to do that, but I feel like the Rockets have a lot of, you know, they have talent. It's just not disciplined talent. It's talent. There's no defense on this team. Like I said, there's no leadership. There's no dedicated ball handler to kind of run the show. I think that they should really think about this one, right? I'm a big fan of Anthony Black. I think this team needs a point guard. I think this team needs a defensive player, right? And Anthony Black does both. You know, he's a great defender right? Most draft boards have them at eighth pick. So they have them like falling a little bit. So I don't know 
what the Rockets are going to do. You know, you have all this hype around the Thompson twins. That's who the NBA.com has as the consensus number four pick for the Rockets. They have Amon Thompson, right? Which is interesting to me, right? Freak athlete, has the physical tools to be a great defender. He makes plays, but he can't shoot, right? Similar to his brother, Asar Thompson, right? None of those guys can really shoot. The fundamentals, I don't know. You know, they're, they're pretty raw, in my opinion. Like, these guys, they played at Overtime Elite, right? I am so surprised that Overtime Elite, with the competition, or lack thereof, the AAU-style games that are there right now, because it's still a new thing, right? It just, it's ugly basketball. It's very AAU, like, pickup ball-y. So I'm surprised at how high these two have been able to climb on these draft boards and clearly it's because of the physical tools it's because of the ceiling that these guys can kind of showcase right because they are freak athletes right they work extremely hard they have everything in their arsenal to make you think that if you develop them properly they can be great players um i personally am not a fan of the thompson twins i think that these are just a couple of freak athletes right? They can be great defenders. They can be maybe some good playmakers, right? But I just don't buy into just freak athletes taking advantage of weaker competition in overtime elite. I'm very surprised to see these guys so high up in these draft boards. Clearly, it's because of their athletic, just freakish ability and, you know, hard work, obviously. And, and, you know, they get a lot of attention social media wise. These guys are very popular. Obviously, they're twins. There's just a lot of buzz around these guys. So I can see why they kind of climb, but I'm still very surprised to see how they just jump over all these other college players and international players that have shown me more, in my opinion, to believe that I should use my great picks to take them, right? Like these guys, they haven't proven anything to me, right? Like all they've shown me is their athletic ability, right? Their size, their length. And I guess maybe that's enough these days in the NBA, right, to take a chance on these guys. Now, the Rockets, the consensus is Amin Thompson. Um, I'm guessing they just want, like, a, just an athletic kind of wing that can play multiple positions. Um, you know, I don't know. You know, maybe they want to they wanna tap into some potential for defense, right? Like I said, they definitely need that. I am surprised that they're going to take one of these Thompson twins if that's really what they do. I would have rather them take, like, like I said, Anthony Black, right? Just a dedicated, very smart, disciplined point guard that can also lock down defensively like one through three, right? Um, I don't know. I think that that's a better option for them. I think they need some some reliable ball handling on their team. But nonetheless, you know, Rockets, Amin Thompson. I'm going to move on. I feel like I took a little too long on that one. Uh, Detroit Pistons, right? Number five. This one is not a surprise to me. Cam Whitmore. This guy's a freak athlete, puts the ball on the ground, does not just, I mean, he, the problem with him is he just goes into traffic and just challenges everything. He's a freak of nature. Obviously he, he has just awesome athletic ability. Um, the shot is a question. Obviously the decision-making is a question. He can get kind of crazy, right? He can get a little crazy. So obviously the Pistons are tapping into a potential like just higher ceiling Sadiq Bay is what the comparisons are. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested in him. You know, I'm interested in him for sure. I think, I think that they have enough guard play. Obviously, you have Cade Cunningham, right, who has the ball in his hands. 
you have Jaden Ivey, obviously, who also can have the ball in his hands. You have, I don't know what's going to happen to the to Killian Hayes, right? The French guard. Um, but, you know, they've got some ball handlers on this team. So clearly, you know, they're looking to fill some different slots, right? I would have maybe liked, I don't know, maybe Jairus, Jairus Walker, right? Just like, I don't know, someone, someone more sizable. I don't know. You know, I'm not sure. Pistons in an interesting situation. Taking Cam Whitmore makes sense right? Maybe they can take a swing at a Thompson twin, right? Because Asar potentially still available there, right? So Cam Whitmore is the pick. I don't hate it. I think I agree with that. So we'll go with that, right? Uh, Number six, Orlando Magic. I love the Orlando Magic. They desperately need a, a reliable point guard, playmaker, right? They need shooting. They need defense. Asar Thompson is not going to solve your shooting problem, right? He is going to solve your defensive problems. He's going to solve, you know, your maybe situations where you needed more energy. He's going to solve those hustle play situations. He's going to play make, right? Like he does make plays. I just, I just like if, if, if Anthony Black is still available, right? And clearly the magic, they've made it known that they're going to be trying to shop either Jalen Suggs or, or Cole Anthony. Maybe they're just trying to give one more more responsibility so they can get more out of one instead of constantly trying to share the minutes between these two guys and kind of swap them around in lineups. I don't know what the plan is. If I'm the Orlando Magic, I will continue to look for a point guard in the draft, right? Continue to look for a reliable ball handler, someone that can bring some toughness, some some control for offense because they run a lot of stuff through Paolo. They run a lot of stuff with Franz. You know, the team shares the ball a good amount, but I think that they need someone else to take the pressure off of the rest of the group to kind of run some offense, right? Like, I don't know, someone reliable that can make things happen as well. Um, They also need shooting really bad. So, you know, taking Anthony Black, it's also a problem because he can't shoot. So, you know, Paolo Bancaro, not a good shooter yet. Franz Wagner, not a good shooter yet. You know, Wendell Carter Jr., he can kind of shoot, right? But not an elite shooter. So, you know, and then you fit Anthony Black in there. Now it's like three to four non-shooting players out there it can get really clunky right obviously it's going to be sizable because anthony black is very tall for a point guard but again you know spacing could be a problem and i don't think the shooting is going to be resolved with anthony black for a while that that could take some time so you know i see asar thompson here you know i don't know if i agree with that i would roll the dice on anthony black just because it's a position i'm trying to fill um number seven uh indiana pacers this is Jairus Walker, right? Small forward, 6'8", 235 pounds. He has a 7'2 wingspan, according to NBA.com here. What I'm looking at on NBADraftRoom.com actually is what it's called. So he has, he's just, he's very strong, right? Like this guy, he can play four or five, right? But but a small ball five lineup, right? He's versatile, right? He can play pretty I, I would say he can definitely play multiple positions, right? Um, he is a very good defender, can do a lot of things, but he's not great at any one thing, really, right? Like, here are the comparisons to him. Paul Millsap and more versatile John Collins, which I don't know if I would say he's more versatile than John Collins. I think that John Collins is way more athletic than him, so I would consider that making him more versatile. That's just me. You know, he is definitely someone interesting. Um, I don't know. I mean, Indiana does have a ton of guards, so I'm not surprised at all that they're going the forward route, right? Because obviously, you know, you have Miles Turner, right? You 
could use a little more to beef up that front line or that back line. I mean, he's going to help the defensive problems because the Pacers were a bottom five team in terms of defensive rating, right? So clearly that is something that Jairus Walker can instantly contribute to, right? He's going to do a little bit of everything. Like I said, he is like, he's a jack of all trades, master of none, right? And that's pretty valuable, right? Because you can really develop players like that. He's athletic. He's very strong. He can definitely play four or small ball five. I think that he can definitely make a difference on the Indiana Pacers. It makes a ton of sense for a team that really needs help defensively to pick up a guy that can just do a lot of things defensively. Um, if you haven't watched Jairus Walker, he's not like, a, I'm not going to say he's like a fun highlight guy to watch. He's more of like, let's watch this guy get some stops right? He's just a, he's just a really good defender. He's very active. He moves his feet extremely well. He stays on the ball, right? Doesn't let the ball handler get away from him. He keeps guys in front of him very well, moves left to right very well. I like Jairus Walker. Didn't watch a ton of him, to be honest with you. But like I said, he's a defensive problem solver and the Pacers were one of the worst teams on the defensive end. So clearly it's a fit. It's a developmental piece. It's an energy guy. He's definitely going to fit that culture. Indiana Pacers play hard. They just can't defend. So that's a great pick. I agree with that one. Uh, Washington Wizards, number eight. This is where the consensus says Anthony Black, right? And that's assuming he falls this far, right? I'm high on Anthony Black. I think he should go as early as four. You know, I mean, that's how big I am on him. And I wouldn't say it's because he's a fourth pick, like fourth best available player. I just like who's picking at four, right? Like the Rockets, they need a guy like him, right? He's going to go to a team with guys that love to chuck shots, right? That's perfect. That's perfect for a point guard. A pass first point guard surrounded by guys that want to shoot. Right, guys that are just ready to get downhill, ready to score. Yes, they're more of ISO guys, but I think if he can make their job easier because he doesn't look to score like that as much as much as any of those guys on the Rockets do, I just like the fit, you know. So obviously here he is for the Washington Wizards. I think it's an awful fit, you know. But again, the Wizards, they have just man, like speaking of the Wizards, uh, they traded Kristaps Porzingis to the Celtics. Um, and actually, I had talked about it on the last episode. Porzingis ended up on the Celtics, but that early trade I talked about actually didn't go through, funny enough. And it's actually Marcus Smart who they gave up. So Marcus Smart's going to end up with the Memphis Grizzlies, which is an awesome fit, by the way. Um, obviously, Porzingis goes to the Celtics. Tyus Jones is going to go to the Washington Wizards. So that's going to be interesting, right? Like you're selecting Anthony Black. You're also taking Tyus. Well, this is obviously a prediction. We don't know what they're doing. Um, that's just assuming the, the consensus picks. But, you know, Anthony Black, right? Like like I said, I've talked about him a lot already throughout these picks. Um, you know, he's going to get into a rough situation. There's no shooting around him. There's no dedicated scorers around him. It's going to look ugly, right? It could. It could look ugly. Maybe his playmaking is so great that he makes it look better than what it is, right? He has that potential. I really think he does. I just think that when you're a pass-first guard that can't shoot and you're trying to get downhill and the spacing is not there, that can be troublesome and he can look bad. But, you know, Wizards need to just take a take a swing, right? I mean, that when you get to this eighth pick and, you know, little by little, you start to feel less confident about the greatness 
of the next player, even though we've seen some of the best players be picked later, right? This happens all the time. So, you know, number nine, Utah Jazz coming up, the consensus pick, which I personally, I really think this, um, I would not be surprised if the Wizards instead decide to take Taylor Hendricks. And I say that because obviously I just talked about them getting Tyus Jones in this trade. Tyus Jones, obviously good point guard. He was a backup point guard for the Memphis Grizzlies. Reliable guy, doesn't turn the ball over, makes the right plays, very smart. Um, you know, that's going to be a good pickup for the for the Wizards. Um, they have a long, long rebuilding road to go. But I think the Wizards, before if, if, if Taylor Hendricks is still available, the Utah Jazz are most likely just going to take him, right? Because he is exactly what teams are looking for in the NBA, right? He's a 6'9", 7-foot wingspan, 213 pounds, moves extremely well, you know, power forward. He does pretty much a little bit of everything, right? He is a really good three-point shooter, okay? That's important, right? Because you have the length, you have the size, you can shoot threes. He's an athlete, right? Like, he... He really plays above the rim as well. So it's like you do a little bit of everything. You're a good defender. You can guard pretty much like, I guess, yeah, he can definitely guard one through five. You know, he definitely has the potential for that. Um, So, you know, he moves well. He has the length. He has the size. He has the ability to do a lot of things. So I'm actually surprised that the consensus is that he's going to drop this far to like number nine. I don't know, right? Like, like he could be a pick for the Magic at number six, right? Like, like I would not be surprised if the Magic just take a swing at this guy, right? You get another, you know, lanky, uh, very skilled, versatile type of player on that lineup of tall guys that can play multiple positions, right? You can kind of swing him into the, you know, you could play him at the four, right? So you would have like, I don't know, you would have Franz at the two, Paolo at the three, you have Taylor at the four, Wendell Carter Jr. at the five. Maybe you you try to see if, you know, maybe you get lucky because the Magic pick again at 11, right? So maybe they can get lucky and, and grab Anthony Black if he's still available. Um, you know, that's just going to be interesting. And I don't know, you know, Taylor Hendricks definitely surprised to see him fall this far to the Utah Jazz, especially when he's like that, that typical archetype that teams are looking for these days in a player, right? Just positional versatility, wing versatility, just ability to do multiple things. If you can shoot the ball and you're lanky and you're tall and you're athletic, you're a very valuable player. So next pick here, the Mavs, number 10, Derek Lively, another Duke player, right? Going in the top 10, no surprise, right? I not sure if that's who they're going to take, but honestly, if the Mavs are going to take anyone in this draft, assuming they don't trade the pick, like this is when it starts to get tricky, right? Because the Mavs, unlike a lot of these teams here, the Rockets, the Blazers, the Hornets, the Magic, the Pacers, the Wizards, the Jazz, the Mavs are in this window where they're trying to win now, right? So if they, I would not be surprised if they trade this pick, right? Now, obviously, Derek Lively is, like I said, the Duke center right? He has great size, great length. He can move, right? He can, he can definitely jump, right? He plays hard. He's very strong, right? Definitely a guy that has a lot of athleticism for his size, right? He is a very good defensive player. Like that's his calling card, right? Just alter shots, block shots, quick feet. And that's what the Mavs really need, right? But 
are they gonna are they gonna take that rookie and try to win now with him or are they gonna just flip that pick try to kind of put that into a package and and deal it and bring some talent over here to the Mavs right because again the Mavericks defensive liability all over the lineup right all over the roster this team cannot defend right they are just it's a mess really on the defensive end um offense that's a whole nother story they definitely have the offense when you have Luka Doncic you're good for like 30 points a game right 28 27 25 whatever it is he's gonna get you those buckets he's gonna find you those assists he's gonna rebound the ball he's gonna do a little bit of everything we know Luka Doncic very special right but you need to cover his tracks on the defensive end obviously if the plan is to bring back Kyrie the defensive problems continue right because now it's what happened last year right late in that after late in the second half of that season you know we saw those defensive problems and the defensive problems were already kind of there for the Mavs and they were really pushed to the next level right like just lacking in defense so I wouldn't be surprised to see them select Derek Lively because of the defensive ability that he has because of the size he makes sense I just don't know that they keep that pick um, I agree with it I like this pick but I don't know maybe the Mavs trade it they package it and try to get Lucas some more help right number 11 here's the Orlando Magic right and here they are right going for that potential you know shooter in the draft right Grady Dick right great name okay really funny name the consensus here is that he goes 11 to the magic and i'm not surprised by that right like this is a guy that can shoot the lights out right he can definitely get buckets we know that about him and that's exactly what the magic need right not gonna spend too much time on that one that's that's a pretty obvious pick to me right i don't think the Mavs are gonna go for more offense i would be very surprised about that like i said they'll probably move that pick the jazz maybe i mean if taylor hendricks is gone right maybe they go for Grady Dick right um I don't know if the Wizards take a swing right they might want to take a swing on Grady Dick right he's a interesting prospect right he's a very interesting one for sure um then we have the OKC Thunder right and this is where it can really just get kind of confusing because what are the Thunder gonna do right are they gonna continue to like to draft right my guess is they will use the 12th pick right and the pick here, the consensus pick is Kobe Bufkin, right? Pretty much, this is a pick that both the Thunder and the Raptors are projected to take, like whoever can get him, right? Kobe Bufkin is the next one. I don't, did not watch a lot of uh, Kobe Bufkin, to be honest with you. So I'm going off of what I see in these draft notes. Obviously, I've seen him play uh, a couple of times, you know, did some research, watched a couple of YouTube things, but I don't consider that being a, a an avid uh watcher of a certain player right if i'm only watching his highlights i'm not actually watching his full games so i don't consider myself knowledgeable on a player or pretend to be right so this is what the draft notes say right first of all i just want to say what i think the thunder need okay in my opinion it's not kobe buffkin okay and i'm going to say this because kobe buffkin is an undersized guard right it's a guy that's six four right six seven wingspan not bad but he's a shooting guard Right, like this is a guy that has, you know, from what the draft notes say, right? He's very young for his class, younger than some of the freshmen. That's what it says here. He shows a good amount of polish to his game, along with good poise and high basketball IQ. I'm looking at obviously reminding myself, watching these clips as I speak. You know, definitely looks like a smart player. Uses a lot of pump fakes, plays off two feet. From what I'm looking, 
says here has a lot of promise as a three-point shooter, showing improvement from year one to year two. On defense, he does a lot of good things, has areas of improvement, he has quick hands, always a threat to swipe the ball, always gives a good effort, and stays locked in. So here's the other part. He doesn't have ideal size, which is what I said, very undersized for his position, uh, and probably won't guard wings well at the next level, which is a problem, right? Because if you're undersized and you are a two guard, that can be a problem because if you're not a knockdown shooter, if you're not strong to get to the rim and beat those NBA bodies, it's going to be rough for you. And me personally, here are the comparisons that I'm seeing. Luther Head. Wow, that's a throwback. Uh, CJ McCollum and Willie Green. So those are good comparisons. You know, that I, don't, I haven't seen enough of him to tell you that those are on point. Obviously, what I'm looking at, I think that it looks similar to that. Uh, but... That's not what the Thunder need, right? The Thunder have a lot of guards, right? I don't consider Josh Giddy a guard, but he plays like point guard, right? Even though he's like a small forward, but he plays like a point guard. Um, obviously, they have Shea. That's another guard. They have Jalen Williams, who is another guard. They have <laughs> they have Lou Dort, right? Another kind of guard. They still have Trey Mann, right? Another guard as well. So, you know, they just have, they have a lot of guards. So, I don't know why they would draft Kobe Bufkin. Like, I know that's what the consensus says. I'm just going off of that. If I was them, I'm going for the next available center possible because that's what they need. You know, they have Jalen Williams, their center, right? Can't shoot the ball yet, right? Not that athletic, but he's a very smart player, makes good passes, plays his role. I kind of broke him down a little bit when I did the OKC video on the YouTube channel. But again, they need more size, right, at that front line. And I know what you're going to say. Oh, we have Chet Holmgren. We have Pokushevsky, and we have the Jalen Williams Center. You know, tall guys, right? Seven footers, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, Pokushevsky, not like an elite rim protecting guy, right? Like, yeah, he can block shots, but he's been injury prone, right? And he's more of an offensive player. So not what I'm talking about in terms of them needing like a big, right? Um, I'm talking about, you know, like reliable rim protection. And maybe they feel like they already have that with Chet Holmgren and Jalen Williams, but I think that you double down on that, right? I think you do need some some help in terms of like your 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 front line, right? I, I just I just don't think another guard is the way to go for the OKC Thunder, right? And here the Raptors number thirteen, right? Kobe Bufkin is who people will think that he's gonna that they that they could take as well. That's like the consensus pick, right? If he's available, again, you know Raptors. Obviously, Freddie Van Vliet looks like he's going to be gone, right? I don't think he's going to come back to that team. Uh, they still have Malachi Flynn, who barely even plays. They have Gary Trent Jr., obviously, right? But they're not like, they don't have like a ton of guards either, right? So so that makes sense, right? Like, I guess Kobe Bufkin on that team makes sense. However, you know, I would want to get someone that maybe can change, can turn the tide in terms of shooting, which is who I would rather select if I'm the Raptors, which is Jordan Hawkins, right? This guy for UConn, obviously oh, overshadowed by just a great team, right? Just a, a, a great team effort all year long, right? So kind of hard to see sometimes when, when guys just play team basketball, right? But what's really the talk of the town about Jordan Hawkins is his shot, right? Like he has athletic ability, right? We know that. The form looks awesome, right? And that's really what the pick is about with him, right? So I'm reading these notes, right? Nearly 38% from three on over seven three-pointers attempted, right? So 
obviously not elite three-point shooting in terms of NBA numbers. And obviously the college line is a little bit closer than the NBA. So he could see a little bit of a struggle early, but he has a great form. He has no problem spotting up, right? He's good off the bounce. He can be obviously a shooting guy in transition. Just fits really the mold of what you want from a two guard in today's NBA, right? He's 6'5", 185, so he's not too small, right? He's like in that middle ground, right? He's not tall for his position, but he's also not small for his position. So he'll translate pretty well, especially because of his ability to shoot the ball, right? So this is a dude that obviously his efficiency, right? Kind of knocked, right? In terms of regular field goal percentage, it's like in the 40s, career 39%. So, you know, doesn't really get to the rim. So that's something that could turn people away because he's going to be a guy that relies on just jump shooting, right? And that's something that is really his game. He just shoots a lot of shots, right? And he's just a streaky shooter, right? Sometimes he's super hot. Sometimes he can't make shots. That happens with streaky shooters, right? He really depends on his right hand from what I'm looking at his weaknesses. Didn't really notice that, to be honest with you. Um, And, you know, just finishing at the rim, not good, right? And that could be a problem too. When you get to the NBA and you're not able to get to the rim and you're just a shot chucker, if you go to the right team, you could just fit that shooting slot, right? Just like I said, trail threes, curl threes, pick and pops, pick and rolls, whatever it is, right? That, that can get your shooters open. Obviously, I think that the Raptors could really do with a guy like that. They need shooting, right? And 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 he may be streaky, but, but they definitely need a threat from three. That's really what haunted the Raptors last season is that they could not make threes, right? And maybe the Thunder... Um, if they're going for a guard, like, I don't know why they wouldn't take Jordan Hawkins over Kobe Bufkin. That's just me, right? Like, I, I just think Jordan Hawkins is the better prospect. I don't know. I like his shot form better. That's already, like, kind of like a green flag to me, right? Like, that's something I already like off the bat. Um, you know, and then we have the Pelicans, right? Who also, the the consensus is Jordan Hawkins, right? Clearly looking for some offense. Uh, Jalen hood Shafino is another one that is on that draft board for them. It's interesting because obviously this is a a combo guard, right? Played for Indiana. He's young. Obviously, he was a freshman, right? The comparison to him is Malcolm Brogdon, right? Now, do the Pelicans need another ball handler? I think so. You know, I think it makes sense, right? I want to see offense be thrown into this roster as well. You know, and he's a strong guy, right? 6'6", 215. He's got some length. It's like a 6'10 wingspan, if I'm reading that right. Um, You know, he's just a physical player on both ends, right? He, from what it says here, he fits good half-court offense, right? He's comfortable with the ball in his hands. And he just basically picks his spots, right? Not going to force things. Um, I think he's an interesting player to put on this Pelicans roster if he does fall to this team because yes you know you have a Brandon Ingram who loves to have the ball in his hands you have CJ McCollum who obviously loves to have the ball in his hands we don't know what's going to happen with Zion Williamson he likes to have the ball in his hands so I don't know maybe this team needs someone that's gonna look to pass the ball you know he's a good mid-range scorer in college at least and I don't know he brings offense right he moves the ball he's not gonna ball hog I think that this is a guy that can fit on the Pelicans. I don't hate this pick. Um, this isn't one of those drafts where where I feel confident 
in in who a team should grab like outside of like the the 10 players that I've talked about before um because for the most part it's this is really like this is a tough draft to predict what these players are going to be like there's a lot of upside vibes with these players right like not like oh this is who this player is going to be like a lot of these players this year are upside guys like yes this is what they could be right and and that's a scary draft situation that's probably why a lot of teams have been moving away from some picks especially later in the round um because yeah guys just aren't sold on this draft um and you know maybe we're all wrong maybe this will be a great draft i'm not super hyped about this one to be honest with you like i'm not like super optimistic and thinking this is a game-changing draft i think it's very top heavy right i think last year's draft was awesome it was awesome and it's gonna prove to be awesome there's still some picks later in the second round that they've gotten some chances throughout the season and they showed out you know guys like david roddy guys like kenny lofton you know guys like that right like they they really showed out uh i'm still waiting on on jd davison right who is obviously on the celtics g league team um you know guys like that right that they're just waiting to pop off um i just don't think this is one of those drafts right and i may be wrong you know maybe i'm wrong but i just get the vibe that these are all like hypothetical you know kind of like uh theoretical players that are coming into this draft right trying to make guys into into like with the hopes that you're going to turn these players into what you want them to be and maybe you could say that about every draft but i just don't feel too confident about this draft like i have in the past um yeah so that's going to do it for this draft i can't wait to watch it tonight it's going to be really fun i think that it's going to be interesting especially with the damian lillard thing right the cloud kind of hanging over everyone's heads until the third pick we know how that's going to go there's going to be a million commercials in between it's going to be very annoying but we're going to see the nice outfits we're going to see the nice stories the quick little interviews uh woes and shams probably ruining our night giving us the picks early i'm going to try to stay away from my phone during the draft so that i don't get spoiled uh by who's picking who because that really ruins the experience of draft night and that's been really annoying so um yeah that's all i'm gonna say about that i hope that whatever team drafts gets the player that they you know that that lives up to the hype you know from all picks considered right so that's gonna do it for this one this is the all things basketball podcast i'm your host Vic lopez as always and i'll catch you guys on the next one